taking us into the presence of God. Amen. Now it's time for the Word of God. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 22. 1 Samuel 22. When you get there, say amen. Well, that's about 50%, so I'm going to walk down here and pick up my hanky. It's one of those kind of messages, amen. Praise the Lord. For years, I wrapped my handkerchief around this microphone. I don't know, it's just a, a nervous habit that I have. I put my napkins around that cold drink because I don't like to hold on to a cold drink. I don't know, my hands don't like for them to be cold. One time I said to somebody, I said, I just, I just don't like to, you know, I just don't like to have a drink, uh, a Coke or whatever that's ice cold and like to wrap those, you know, napkins around it. And I said, I like to, to do that. And somebody mentioned to me, uh, they said to me, yeah, and a microphone too. You like that wrapped around there like that too. So I'm thankful. Amen. For a handkerchief there. Praise God. <laughs> I've been in Nigeria where I didn't have anything and the sweat's just dripping. You just take your, your shirt and just dry yourself off and it lasts about five seconds But because it's so hot. But uh, this morning out of First Samuel chapter 22, and let's stand for the reading of the word. It's only going to be a few short verses, but that doesn't matter. It's the word of God and I believe we should stand in reverence of the word. And it says here in the scriptures, David therefore departed, starting with verse 1, thence and escaped to the cave Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him and he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. And David went thence to Mizpah of Moab, and he said unto the king of Moab, Let my father and my mother, I pray thee, come forth and be with you till I know what God will do for me. And he brought them before the king of Moab, and they dwelt with him all the while that David was in the hold. And the prophet Gad said unto David, Abide not in the hold, depart, and get thee into the land of Judah. Then David departed and came into the forest of Hereth, which is uh, interpreted graven. It means graven. Hereth means graven in the uh, Old Testament, uh, the Strong's Concords in the Hebrew. Let's pray over the word of God. Father, today we thank you for your, your visitation today, Lord, your spirit and your presence. And Lord, I, I love to worship you, but I'm ready to preach right now, Lord. And I pray that your anointing will come upon me, that you will anoint my mind, my thoughts, my heart. Lord, these lips of clay to speak what thus saith the Lord. Help me, Lord, to... Lord, with great, uh, you know, uh, uh, power and authority, begin to speak what you speak to me today. And God, minister to the heart. Be through the words that I say, the language of the longing of the heart of the people that are here this morning, God, and the, those that are listening online on Facebook and YouTube. God, let them be touched by the words of God and we'll give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' most holy name, we thank you for blessing the word. And everyone said amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. 
I am preaching a message entitled The Cave Adullam. The Cave Adullam. And it's been many years since I've preached along this line. I went back through my old messages and sermons and I couldn't find uh, find it, but I know I've preached it before. But I'm grateful for experience and things, uh, you know, the journey of faith that you go through. Uh, as time progresses, you've got a little bit more to say, amen, because you've been through a, a lot more things than when you were in the beginning. And so I believe there's some things that God wants to add to, uh, you know, to this message from uh, times past. And But I'm preaching this thought, and I know that it's timely. I believe that with all my heart because it came from the Spirit of God in prayer. And I believe it will clarify and bring some understanding to the unknowns of our spiritual life. The mysteries of our spiritual life. I had a man one time say to me, he was a, a, a Mormon, and he said to me, there are no mysteries. I said, oh, sir, yes, there are. Amen. The Bible talks about the mysteries in the book of Ephesians. There's, there's God put eternity in our heart, and we're ever living to discover that. You know, we're ever living constantly to know Him, and you're never going to exhaust the knowledge of God or an experience in God. You're never going to exhaust that. There's always a greater encounter and experience every morning his mercies are new amen every morning his mercies are new and I thank God that his mercies are new every morning and I thank the Lord for his great faithfulness but as I was reading this and studying this I thought about the cave of Dolom and God said I want you to look at the characters in this story in this account David is like any one of us this morning church he's like any one of us he had many victories. He had slew a bear and a lion out in the sheepfold before he ever went out to take out the giant. But God anointed him. He was a man that was overlooked by his own father. But God didn't overlook him. God said, he's a man after my own heart. Amen. But he, he was like any one of us. He had great victories. He had great trials in his life. He had times of highs and lows. The Bible says that he behaved himself wisely so he was well respected in Israel and, and uh, uh, among the people. He was loved. And I'm even going to use the word praised even though he's not God. I don't mean it praised in that sense. But the Bible said that they shouted, David have, uh, you know, Saul has slain his thousand and David has slain ten thousand. So he was hailed as they knew. The people of Israel knew there's something extraordinary about this man David. He's, you know, in line to be a powerful king, a spiritual king. He was anointed to be king. He was born to be king. He was prepared to be king. And he began to, God began to touch his life and anoint him and use him to prepare him and to prepare the people to know this is your king. This is the king. Amen. Because, because signs and wonders and power and authority followed him. Amen. It was upon him. But we find in the word of God that he was to despised by Saul. He's running from Saul. Saul tried to kill him several times because the Bible says he eyed him. He despised him. And uh, he begins to run down to Achish, which was of Gath, which was the Philistine territory. And remember, Goliath was a Philistine. Amen. That was the army that he took out. One man, uh, uh, David, did with a stone and a sling and the power of God. Hallelujah. But reading this, you know, 
He was down there at Gath and he begins to act like a crazy person because he noticed I'm in enemy territory and they don't really like me here. They don't want me to be here. And uh, so he acts like a crazy guy. I don't know why people do that, but we look at him and we go, I don't know why David acts crazy like that when every one of us acted crazy before we came to Jesus. We've acted crazy even in times whenever we're, whenever we're you know, believers and we're saying we're Christians. And I, I'm just saying to you today that sometimes people get away from the Lord and the fellowship and the place they're supposed to be and they do stupid things. They do crazy things. They find themselves in a place where they're like, why am I here? What am I doing? I've been there. You've been there. And if you haven't, I can tell you, if you, uh, you know, don't stay before the Lord, you'll do something that you'll say, I wished I wouldn't have done that or said that or acted in such a way. But Adullam, if you read this, he goes down to Adullam, Cave Adullam, and it was a sealed off place. It was in the foothills of Judea. And uh, reading this, it was a place and a time God had him there for a reason. And we can learn and glean so much from this short text that we read in the Word of God. It's more than a stopping place. Yes, Adullam was a stopping place it was a holding place uh, that had uh, it was prepared and David was there for many reasons and I want to break bring those out this morning but I want you to think about this for just a moment because we go through the adullams in our life we go through adullams in our life we're at places where we're in caves and we're there. And it's not because of sin. It's because God has brought us there to do something in us and through us. Remember, David is ordained by God to be the king of Israel. He had a call. He was anointed and ordained for that. And he's here at Adullam and it's more than a stopping place. Yes, the Bible says that he is our hiding place. He hides in the cleft of his hand in the cleft of the rock we're hid there in Christ Jesus but Adullam was a holding place of preservation until God brought that promise of him being coronated and ordained and as king he, he had him in that place until God fulfilled that in his life he had a promise that he's going to be king he had an ordination he's going to be king and God had a divine day and time for him to be king and to coronate him in such a position so I want you to see this this morning for just a moment here David is a type of Christ we see that in the scriptures he's a type of Christ looking through that lens as he is a type of Christ it's all clear who the 400 men are that gathered in the a cave with him that's you and me are you all here this morning I know I'm setting up a foundation here you're ready for something I'm going to throw you a piece of meat here in a minute just stay here with me when you look through the lens of David being the king or the king that is to be He's in the cave. He's there because if he'd have been out there where Saul could get to him, he'd have put him to death. But I want to say this to you that God puts us in places sometimes and takes us through places to shield us and protect us because he's got a purpose for our life. He's, got a, a, he's predestined us 
And, and so there's something that God is doing in us, and a lot of times we don't understand the times where we're in that cave of Adullam. We don't understand that, but God has a purpose in us being there. He's doing something in us. He's protecting us. Remember, he told Elijah, go to the brook of Cherith and stay there. The ravens fed him. He drank water from the brook until the brook dried up. In the midst of a famine, God had him there. And he said, there ain't going to be no prophetic voice this whole time while Israel is in disobedience and rebellion. But there came a time when God moved him to Zarephath and then he told him, go down and tell Ahab, amen, to meet us on Mount Carmel. And who God is, it's going to show up. Whose God is real, it's going to show up. And the God who answers by fire is the God who is God. Amen. Well, we know the story. We've read it. The, the prophets of Baal didn't produce anything uh, but a bunch of noise and a bunch of chaos. But uh, Elijah got there and he began to, to, to pray and build that altar and do all of those things. And God, that is God, answered by fire that day on Mount Carmel. Well, what am I saying this to you today? This Adullam cave and, and David being there representing a type of Christ or a king that is to reign, God was protecting him until he was ready to debut him. He was protecting him. He was doing something in him. And uh, you've got to see that today. And the 400 men that gathered there with him that were in debt, that were discontented, and that were, you know, uh, all of these things down and depressed and all of these feelings and emotions... He, he, God brought them there to follow the king. Amen? Because David was to be the king. What does the 400 people inside that Adullam cave represent? They represent a remnant church. They represent a remnant church. Amen? Who bind together and stand with the king or a king to be that has been rejected. Now we know that God accepted Jesus as the uh, ultimate sacrifice for our sins. But the world has rejected Jesus as king. But I want to share with you today, there are 19 verses in the Bible that talk about how one day Jesus is going to rule and reign upon this earth totally and completely. I know that he is ruling and reigning in us. We take authority, we take land, we take uh, you know territory everywhere that we step, everything that we speak, every place we go, we begin to take territory and begin to expand the kingdom of God. That's what we're called to do. That's what we preached on Thursday night. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. But we, we see here in, in the scriptures that the rest of the world outside of that Adullam cave, rejected David Saul rejected him the people of Israel didn't accept David at first as the king but they eventually did there's coming a day there's coming a day when the king of kings and lord of lords is going to come to this earth and he's going to be riding on a white horse and he's going to rule and reign one day here upon this earth totally and completely See, the problem with people is that they haven't read the back of the book. They haven't read the end of the story, which is really the beginning of the story. Amen. 
Amen. So the remnant church, the 400 that were gathered there, that were discontented, that were in debt, that were distressed, they bound together with a king that was rejected but ordained to reign. This cannot be diminished at all. This is an exact example of what we're seeing today. He is rejected, but he will reign upon this earth. I just want to read one scripture to you out of Daniel chapter 7. And this is just one of many, but I like this one the best. The Bible says this here in the scriptures in Daniel 7, 14. And there was given, was given him dominion and glory, talking about Christ, and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed God gave Daniel that word and he gives it to us too the scripture says in Revelation chapter 11 verse 15 Revelation 11 verse 15 you can write it down but Revelation 11 verse 15 says and the seventh angel sounded and there was there were great voices in heaven saying The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. And He shall reign forever and ever. We serve the King that conquered all things that day on Calvary's cross. Yes, He was a lamb that was slain. But He's not coming back, amen, as a a lamb that was slain. I know He is. But He's coming back as a conquering. Are you all here with me this morning? He's coming back as a conquering king. Verse 2 tells us the caliber of men. In 1 Samuel 22, the caliber of men that were gathered. It says, and everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him. And he began, became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 Men, that means distressed, discontented, in debt. Men of broken fortunes. Restless spirits not knowing what to do with themselves. You know, that can be people that are out there coming to Christ. But there is a lot of people in church, in Christ, that are believers that have lost their spiritual way. Listen, And I'm not saying even that they're in sin. What I'm saying is that they feel like, where is God? You know, you look at the world and you say, I know what the Bible says, but why aren't we seeing things happen like we want to see them? Why aren't we seeing, you know, uh, 2 Chronicles 7.14 come to pass? You know, if my people who are called by my name uh, uh, shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven. I can tell you, God is going to answer that prayer he's going to answer that prayer he's in fact he's already begun to answer that those prayers amen a 50 the whole world or the United States is absolutely not the whole United States but I'll say that on either side whichever side you're on and I'm on the side of of of, of life I believe in pro-life amen I I, I believe in pro-life I'm a pro-lifer, amen. Praise God. 
But whichever side a person is on, they are absolutely in awe of the fact that a 50-year ruling was overturned in a moment's time. Amen. Just think about that. God did something powerful. He changed the trajectory of our country that has seen multitudes, millions of babies and lives taken. Amen. What I'm saying to you is that even on the left and the right, you have people that have you know these opinions and these thoughts and they say you know what it's a 50 year uh, you know uh, it's a 50 year law or 50 year ruling that's been changed what does that say to me God is getting ready to birth somebody amen that's going to be raised up to be used as an evangelist in the last hour what he's saying is there's a baby that's going to be born amen that's going to be used as a mighty man of God or a woman of God just because we don't see the things we want to see doesn't mean God is not working just because David and the men are in that cave trying to regroup and trying to figure out what God is saying and what he's doing and what he's going to do doesn't mean that David's not going to be the king he's got you there for a reason he has us go through caves of Adullam for a reason There's a purpose behind it. There's a purpose behind it. Talk about a picture of Jesus' followers distressed, discontented, in debt. It would end depressing if we didn't know the ending. You know, I say talk about a picture of Jesus' followers. Fishermen. Tax collectors. Amen. He had a ragtag group of people that followed him. It wasn't the affluent, it wasn't the rulers, it wasn't, well, that was a handful. Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea followed Jesus. You know, they understood, they saw. He began to explain that to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. You must be born again. How come I can't see what you're telling everybody? Because you got to be born again. You can't see the kingdom You can't even see the kingdom of heaven until your spirit has been reborn. Then you begin to see. Before I got born again, I had all kinds of beliefs and thoughts and and opinions. I had all kinds of a personal belief system. But then I came to Jesus and he changed that. And if he didn't change yours, you need to get born again. There's something in your life that you have not surrendered unto God. Amen. (laughs) But here... You talk about a picture of Jesus' followers just like these 400 men. Do you see the parallel and type and shadow of how David was like Christ? He had men that gathered there. He is still to be reigning one moment in time in the future. And he did and he will and Christ will upon this earth. But it's, it's, it's coming. It's coming. But it would, if you read the story and you stopped here at the uh, Adullam cave, you would be depressed if you didn't know the end. But we know the ending. They became David's mighty men. Think about this for just a second. They became David's mighty men before he became king. So one day, I know we're called to be kings and priests the Bible says that and I know we're called to rule and reign with him the Bible says that amen 
But before Jesus comes back to set up his kingdom here upon this earth, and, 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 and there's a new heaven and a new earth, before that ever happens, he's raising up mighty men and women of God in that interim period of time. Amen. Think about that for just a second. He had mighty men in 2 Samuel 23. We read, and I'm just going to briefly go through them, not read the scriptures, but, it's, but you can read it on your own time in 2 Samuel 23. But men such as Eleazar, whose hand clave unto the sword, and he slew a multitude of Philistines. What about Shammah, who fought in that lintel patch to make sure that the enemies didn't come and steal the harvest that God gave to them. What about Beniah who slew two lion-like men in a pit on a snowy day? What about Abishai, Joab's brother rather, that lifted up a spear and the Bible says slew 300 men in one setting? One can take a thousand, two ten thousand. What am I saying? He's trying to teach us. Yes, you may be in that Adullam cave, but I'm developing something in you as a mighty man of God, a mighty warrior, a mighty, uh, you know, a woman of God, a woman that's a warrior for Jesus Christ. Amen. A mighty man. The cave. Why are we in the cave, Pastor? Why do we go through these times where there's so many unknowns and there's no clarity sometimes or it just seems like there's no direction? Where are we going? Where is God taking us? Because the Bible says that David even said whenever he took his parents down to King Moab, he said, he said, I want you to keep my folks here because I want, to, I, I, I want them to be with you till I know what God will do for me. What's God going to do for you and in you? I'm going to tell you something. A lot of that is dependent and contingent upon your submission to Him and what you do in the cave. What happens in that cave? A lot of things. The cave is necessary. It's our training ground where only God can take a group of flawed misfits and make them a mighty army. Sitting in this room are people that God has saved and changed. And there was a period of time when you didn't even know John 3.16. You didn't know how to pray. You didn't know the authority that God gives you in the Word and in the Spirit. But today you are a different person. You are a mighty man. You are a mighty woman of God. I was, I was just uh, listening to Brother William before the service, and he said, Pastor, he said, I stayed over at my job, and I was, I was just out there, thought I was all alone, and I'm singing. I'm singing, you know, oh, sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah. And he said, I felt the Spirit of God come upon me. I felt the Holy Ghost come upon me. And he said there was somebody at my job that came over, and he said they asked me to pray for me. He said, I just laid my hand on them. And he said they began to break, and God began to touch them. And it was evident they begin to really feel the presence of God. I said, brother, because the Spirit of God came upon you. But there was a time when I don't know all of William's past, but I know that it was a dark past like all of us in here. We come from dark places, low places, places of great depravity. But God brought him up. Amen. He saved him. He delivered him. But at one time, he didn't have any power to overcome all the things of the enemy that overcame him. But to 
today. He's a man that walks in the power of the Spirit of God. And people are touched by the anointing upon his life. People are touched by the anointing upon worship leaders that are anointed or prayer warriors or street ministry people. There was a time when we were not mighty men. We were distressed. We were in debt. Amen. We've all been in debt. But we were distressed. We were discontented. But God is making mighty men and women out of us for His glory. That's why you have to be in the cave. It's our training ground where only God can take a group of flawed misfits and make them mighty. Adullam is necessary for development. Number one, it's a place or a season where you got to get along with God. My Sunday school teacher taught me something. Sandy Moffat. I said, Sandy, you get up and you lead worship and you're anointed. And she said, Jonathan, she said, you cannot lead anybody any place you have not been yourself. David had the credentials and the clout. He had that. He was qualified. You know why? Because he took out that giant. When everybody else was in that trench and hiding and complaining because they were mad because he was standing up saying, why ain't anybody going out there and fighting this giant? Why are we allowing this giant to talk smack about our God? And his brother said, you know what? You ain't nothing but a little punk kid. You need to take your little cheese and your cart and go home. I'm going to tell you something. There are young people that are on fire, and they are a subtle rebuke to us who are not doing what we're supposed to be doing. I'm not saying, I'm, I don't even want to put myself in that place, but I'm just, just because I want to be humble before God, and I'm just going to say, and before you, that you know what, any one of us can be at a place where we look and we say, you know what, I'm not where I used to be. I'm not on fire like I used to be. I'm not, I'm not hungering and thirsting after righteousness like I used to be. And so, you know what? And then somebody comes in full of the Holy Ghost, and they're on fire, and they shake you up, and you know what? You get mad. You get mad over stupid stuff. Come on now. We get upset and bugged over stupid stuff. You come in, instead of being excited that the church is full, you're mad because somebody sat in your seat. Don't they know that's where I sit? That's where the air blows on me. That's why I sit here because I'm hot-blooded. Well, guess what? I got, a, I got a solution for you. Get here early. Don't come here at three minutes after ten. Get here early, and you can sit under the fan or under the air and let it freeze your backside off. You can sit in your seat, but you know, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something. God is trying to stir our nest, and he's trying to show us that you're in that, that, that cave called Adullam because you're in a season where you need to be alone with God. We don't like it, but it's God's preservation and protection at times. There have been times I thought, Lord, I'm not, you know, I, I, what is, I went through a season one time, and I'm not even going to go into the details of it. I'm just going to tell you that I went through a season where I felt so all alone, and there was a circumstance, and it wasn't even in our church. It was a situation and a relationship outside side of the church but 
I was in a daze. It, 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 it threw me for a loop. It hit me, and it hit me hard. And I remember Cleta Cook. She was a prayer warrior, one of those mountain movers. And she came up to me one Sunday after service, and she goes, Pastor, she goes, something is wrong with you. And I thought, Lord, I just preached a good message. She said, no. She said, what I'm saying is that there's something down deep in your heart that is troubling you. And God revealed it to me, and I don't know what it is. He didn't reveal what it is, but he told me something's troubling you. And she said, and I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And I said, you know, I said, I, I, I just, I, I can't explain it to you, but I'm hurt. I go, it's hard whenever you've got two different people that you love that are having a conflict, and you've got confidence in both of them. But, but they're not getting along. And, and I said, it's troubling me because, you know, it ought not to be. But here I am. And I said, I feel like I'm caught in the middle. But God said, I'm going to hide you in this place. I'm going to put you here. And he brought me through. And he gave me an answer. He gave me an answer. You know what his answer was? I said, Lord, you've got to show me in this situation who is wrong, who's right, who's wrong. What is, the, what, what, what is it that I'm missing? And I got down and I fasted and I prayed. And one day I was in my prayer closet and I said, God, you've got to show me what is going on here. And the Spirit of God came upon me and the Scripture came to me in my spirit that I had never remembered reading, but I know I read it. And he said, what is that to you? Follow thou me. He said, you don't need to know the details or the specifics. You don't need to know nothing about what they're going through. That is not your life. This is your life. And you cannot let external circumstances rob you of your peace. And I said, Lord... He said, I, don't, I do not go around and tell people all of the smut that's going on in other people's lives. Because humans can't keep their mouths shut. Come on now. When somebody tells you, I'm a vault, they're the first one you need to run from. Let me get back to this. God had them in that cave called Adullam because it was his pre pre preservation and protection for David and his mighty men. But God was developing something in them. He was developing them. It's a place of a hold until I know what God will do with me. Why did he say that? Because this life is a life of faith one step at a time. Faith is one step at a time until God speaks to you. Until He speaks to you. I said, Lord, what's the next direction in the church? I've been praying that for some time. And He said, I just want you to keep doing what you're doing. I just want you to keep doing what you're doing. Just keep preaching. Just keep praying. Just keep seeking my face. One step at a time. I, 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 I'm not going to give you the end picture. I just want you to walk in faith and then as you walk one step at a time, you won't get off and try to do it for me. You know, he told Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. Well, time passed on and he got ahead of God. 
He didn't, he didn't want to wait for God. Sarah didn't want to wait for God. And they said, well, we'll fix this. We'll help God out. So they birthed an Ishmael through Hagar. And we're still dealing with his lineage and his issue today. What are you talking about, Pastor? That is that Arab world. That Muslim world. And you say, no, it's not. Yes, it is. That's that Muslim world said to be a wild man. Amen. Yes, he was a son of Abraham, but I can tell you he wasn't the promise. The promise was Isaac. Pro- the promise was Isaac. Don't put your hand to things because you will create an Ishmael. I don't care if it's a car that you were so excited to get and three months into the payments you're like, I don't know what I was thinking. I can't make this payment because you know what they told you? Well, it's only a dollar a day. It's just one less Starbucks. I said, have you been to Starbucks lately? It ain't a dollar. My goodness, they want five bucks for a a, a nasty cup of coffee. Take the calcium off your shower. It's so strong. I like strong coffee, but I don't like motor oil. Oh, my goodness. See, I get out here and get all excited and lose my train of thought. Faith is one step at a time. It's one step at a time. We get off doing our own thing. We get ahead of God. We end up with great regrets. So before you sign on the dotted line, whether it's a purchase a relationship, a job, or some something else. You better be real careful. Anything that takes you away from your walk with God and your consistency in God is an Ishmael. You better be careful. Moves you out of the perfect plan and will of God. David said, I'm going to stay in that cave because I don't know what God's going to do for me. But I know this much. He put something down in me and he has to bring it to fruition. And I've got to wait on God to make it happen. David eventually was released to leave. But God was developing him and his men. Adullam is the place of deep soul work. The place where your nature changes. And something is deeply engraved in your soul. Where the word and will of God is etched in your heart. Remember sin, the Bible says, is graven like a pen, like a diamond. It's graven into you. But God's word, His will and desire will override that if you'll fall in line with Him. He said, I'll put my law in their hearts. I'll put the desire down deep within them that they never had before. And God wants me to say something to you today. If you'll stay there in that place of Adullam, those things in your life that you want God to change that seem to not be changing, those those things that you seem to combat all the time, just stay there. God will begin to engrave in your heart something that you'll never forget. Amen. That you'll never forget. Remember this. Adam and Eve, it doesn't say this, but it happened. They, in essence, made a covenant with the devil and they flung everyone into a curse of sin under Adam's fall and the curse 
of sin. Jesus came to turn that around and reverse it. Amen. He came and made a covenant on the cross through blood. He shed and you and I today can walk in overcoming power. He said sin shall not have dominion over you. Amen. You will be able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you're able to think or ask according to the power that works within you. It's a work of the Spirit and He begins to change it. What do you mean an overriding law? Think about it for a second. In in Romans chapter 8, He said, He said that the law of the Spirit, amen, of life in Christ Jesus will set you free from the law of sin and death. It's like a law of gravity. It's a real law. You know how I know that? I fell 20 feet off a ladder in 2006. I know the law of gravity. I fell off a 20-foot ladder on my head. So I know the law of gravity. And it's a law that applies everywhere upon this earth. You get out into the atmosphere, it's a different set of laws. But here, it's a law, gravity. But if you put, if you put a helium balloon or five upon this and attach it to this Kleenex box, it will override the law of gravity. What am I saying? It will begin to override it with the law of density. Amen. It's just simple physics. It'll override it. So that simply says to you and me, yes, sin is a law, but the Spirit of God has a powerful law that overrides everything that is sinful. And you can overcome. You can be set free. You don't have to be bound by lust and perversion. You don't have to be bound by drugs. You don't have to be bound by the enemy. You don't have to be bound in your sins. You don't have to be. There is an overriding law. And yes, Saul was king. But God said, I've rejected him, Samuel. I've rejected him. Don't you weep over a rejected king. I got one that's waiting in the lurch here. He's waiting right there. He's waiting in the sidelines. I'm getting ready to debut him. Amen. For thousands of years, the devil's been the prince of the power of the air. Amen. Ruled and reigned here upon this earth till Jesus came. Hallelujah. Till Jesus came and he began to say, we're going to split this world wide open here. Amen. He said, everybody, hallelujah, that names the name of Christ, walks in the authority and the power of the Spirit, is going to begin to see demonic forces bow to them. Bow to them. Bow to them. Almighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Oh, Sister Skiles and I went to Walmart. We were buying, you know, Samaritan's purse boxes. And we're in there, and she's going to everywhere. If you don't find those clear plastic boxes, it's because Angela bought them all. We've been to Target. We've been to Walmart. We've been to Walmart and Brea. We've been there. She's probably hit up the 99 cent store. When she heard that, borrow your vessels and don't borrow a few, she took that to heart. Amen. She's liable to have 10,000 of them boxes. And I said, Angela, I said, we got to have the stuff to fill them. She said, yes, God's going to fill them. I said, amen. That's what I wanted to hear. But we come out of that Walmart 
And they never look at your receipt. You say they do. They never look at ours. It's just they just kind of go, huh? I said, they didn't check nothing. Well, we had a, a transgender person was standing there. And I mean, that person began to go through and began to check everything. And you could see. I, I looked, and Angela and I are standing there, and, and you could see the enemy was about ready to manifest. We pushed that card out, and I said, Angela, I said, did you see that? She said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is what I do, brother. <laughs> Amen. This ain't my first rodeo. God's given you authority because you go out into all the world and you work for him. He will give you the power and authority you need for the specific need. He'll meet it. And she said, that happens a lot. We got out to the car because I've been asking God to change my heart. I don't have hatred. I don't have, but I don't have the heart that she has for that. And I'm preaching it on Thursday. And as I pulled that buggy up to the back of the pickup truck I could hear my dad singing that song he was some mother's darling he was some mother's child once he was faring once he was young Mary she rocked him baby Jesus to sleep but they left him to die like a tramp on the street amen and God said at one point in time that man who's trying to be a woman was some mama's baby boy. I just sat there on the edge of that tailgate, began to cry. He was some mama's baby. She bounced him on her knee. There was some grandma that held him. There was, I mean, I don't know what happened to him in his life, but this much I know. At one time and point in his life, he was born into this world. And God loves him. God loves him. I sat there in the car and I wept. And I said, Angela, I said, you know, I asked the Lord to help me to feel like you feel about it because I've just always looked at it as that's your ministry. You know, and uh, I said, but, but I, have, I have this compassion, you know, because God answers prayer. <laughs> you know, you can't preach going to all the world and then, you know, and, and then not have that burden yourself and say, do as I say, but not as I do. And God said, I have to change that heart. I have to, I have to put that burden down deep within you. So I'm developing that in you. Amen. And I, I'm sitting there at the light. And I said, you know, I said, I don't know what God is wanting me to do. I don't really know where this is headed, but I said, I'm trying to seek God, and I said, I don't know where he's taking me, but I said, I know he's, he's doing something in me, and he's preparing me for something. She said, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Adullam is a place of deep soul work, the place where your nature changes, and something is deeply engraved in your soul. Whether it's a confidence or a direction or the will of God or a compassion, there's a covenant that is etched. I mean, that, that is to a thousand generations. It's etched upon your heart 
where the word and will of God is there and it's not removed. It's there. Because doesn't the Bible said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives freely but doesn't take it back. That's why you'll see people in prison They say, or, or, or lost in deep depravity and you'll start talking about God and they start crying because they know that that's already been imprinted on their heart. They can't escape it. Sin. Remember, sin is graven like a pen. But God's word, God's will and desire will override that just like the Holy Spirit will override the law of sin and death. It happened to Gideon. Remember? He was depressed and downed in that cave. And God said, sent an angel of the Lord and said, Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. What? What? Too many people in this age that are saying, you really think God can do anything with me? I said, absolutely. You really think God can forgive me? Absolutely. All of the things that I've done? Absolutely. Amen. His love and His grace and His mercy is deeper than you could ever imagine. Amen. 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 How did the 400 men take uh, on David's nature and skill? I can tell you by association. Does not 2 Corinthians 3.18 say that as we behold Him, we are changed into His likeness and into His image? It says here in the Word of God, it says, But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The cave, I can tell you, brings us to a place where we're beholding. All of those men inside that cave, or for the most part, they became warriors but there were many that were mighty men they became that way from being around David God's in that cave with you Christ is in that cave with you the cave's not comfortable but we can't grow in our comfort we grow when we are moved out of that comfort zone amen amen and what does the Bible say in Romans 5 verse 3 It says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulations, Romans 5, 3, tribulations worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope, amen, maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. So the the place where we're moved out of our comfort zone moves us into a place of growth. You don't like that. We don't like that. But God is bringing us there. Adullam is a place where you behold God and you're changed into His image. Adullam is a place where you're moved out of your comfort zone, but God is refining you and changing you. And Adullam is the place. The Bible says that in chapter 21, when David went to Achish, he went, I'm sorry, to Abimelech, Himelech, however you say his name. He asked for the showbread. But then he said, I ain't got a sword. Oh, Saul ran me out of there so quick. I don't have any, anything. And he said, the only sword I got is Goliath's sword. He said, that'll do. That'll do. Look, I want to share something with you. That place of Adullam was a cave where there was only one sword, and I simply want to use this 
as this in this illustration. All we need is the word of God. The two-edged sword is the word of God. Listen. All the rest of those men that were in there were broke, busted and disgusted. But Goliath's sword represents an instrument used that was that that was used to try to kill David and it ended up defeating him, Goliath. I know the rock took him down, but he had to take his head off with the sword. Did not Jesus in the wilderness, did not the devil use the word of God? Numerous times he used the word of God with Jesus and Jesus said, oh no, you need to finish the scripture, devil. Don't quote half of it. You need to quote it all. Quote it all. Amen. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Man shall not live by bread alone. Amen. Thou shalt worship no other God but God alone. Only him. He turned that word back on him. Amen. Amen. The very word, the law or the word that was used that the Pharisees and them used to put Jesus on the cross and he was absolutely innocent ended up coming back to slay the giant. And let me give you one more piece of tidbit of nugget in the word of God. The, Bi the Bible says that Jesus died on an old rugged cross on Golgotha's hill. Goliath of Gath is, is, was the name of Goliath. And when David sliced off his head, the Bible says it. Read it on your own time. It's there. He took the head of Goliath. And the Bible says he hid it somewhere on a hill in Jerusalem. And I believe Christ representing the, the eternal king. Jesus is the eternal king. David's just a type. When he hung on that cross on Golgotha's hill. I believe that cross went right down there on top of where Goliath's head was, which was the place of the. And he said, it is finished. And that day it was done. Y'all aren't as excited as you should be. <laughs> and I'm not boring. So he took that sword. So it's a place where you're changed by beholding. It's a place where you move out of your comfort zone and God refines you. And it's a place where the word of God is. The sword. The only one. He said it'll work. It'll do. Amen. It'll do. Think about how David's men wielded the spirit filled sword as they began to take out one nation after another one Philistine after another they were mighty men of valor they were mighty men that were used of God with the sword Eleazar had that sword and he held on to it all day his hand claved to it like a vice grip and he wouldn't let it go and God used him and he slew an army so Adullam is a necessary training ground it's not to be a perpetual place of hiding some people want to hide in a cave. That's not the will of God. The will of God is for you and me to go through the adullams in our life, to come out, to be used for His glory. Because God wants you to come out of that cave. But He wants you to come out in a blaze of glory, in victory. He wants you to come out in power and authority. 
just as Jesus came out of that sealed place. Oh my goodness. Remember Jesus was in the tomb. And whenever the third day came and he was to raise from the dead, God rolled that stone away. He unsealed that tomb. And guess who came out? Jesus. Amen. I've been to Israel. I've been to Jerusalem. I've been to the garden tomb. And you know what I found out? He's not there. <laughs> Woo! He's not there. He lives. And so what God was saying is, once you come through that time in that cave, it's unsealed. It's called a sealed place. And he said, I sent those mighty men out. I sent David out. And I told him, go out of that cave and go and begin to work for God, fight for God. We are in this walk in faith upon this earth and in this life. And we are called to be mighty warriors for the kingdom of God. Amen. For the cause of Christ. We're not to stay in a perpetual place of hiding. I don't read anywhere in the Bible where Christians are supposed to hide. We're supposed to go out and publicize and make known the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. You don't have to store up a bunch of food for the middle of the tribulation. If you believe a pre-trib rapture like I do, you don't have to worry about it anywhere because you're not going to be here. But if you want to store up food, that's fine. But church, I serve a God who can take a meal barrel full of just a handful of meal and begin to bring a person through a famine, a whole family through a famine. So if he can do that, if he can multiply the fishes and the loaves, he can make your food straight in a time when it there's nothing to buy hallelujah so just as Jesus came out of that sealed place we must go from brokenness to breakthrough to break out from brokenness to breakthrough to break out what's God going to do for me I'll tell you what he's going to do for you. I'm closing with this. I close with this. I promise you, I don't have no more notes. But we must go from brokenness to breakthrough to breaking out. And I love this. In chapter 22, verse 5, the Bible says, The prophet Gad said unto David abide not in the hole depart and get thee into the land of where Judah you know what Judah is Judah's the very tribe that Jesus came from that David came from Judah is the praisers so what he was saying is David I'm going to give you a word. You know, God speaks something to you. There have been times, very seldom I can say, probably maybe once in my life, where somebody really came up to me and gave me a word, and God was like, that's for you. Then there's people that just say a lot of things, but it's not God. It's just their feeling. But there have been times that I've opened up that Bible, and God went, and I said, Lord, it's there. 
He said, that's my word for you. We're going through times and places. And church, I'm talking to the saints sitting in this building. The church, leaders, members of New Life Church. I'm speaking to visitors and those that are here today for the first time. But I'm talking to the sheep of this sheepfold that belong here, that are members of this church. That go through the times where you're like, Lord, where are we going? Where are we headed? What? I just don't have direction like I did at one time. Because there was a time when David was taking out bears and lions and giants. And he was conquering. He was going through a time where he was excited. Everybody loved him. Now he's at a place where he's running from Saul. He's running from Achish. And he's writing psalms in the cave. There's like five different psalms of him in the cave. And God said, I'm bringing you out of that. Listen to the prophetic word of Gad. Go into Judah where you're supposed to be fighting the good fight of faith because you are going to be the king. God is going to coronate you as king. And you have a call and a purpose. And if you sit here in this cave, you'll die. We can't stay there, church. We got to get out. Don't you want to praise the Lord? Don't you want to have a shout of praise? The shout of a king? Adullams are there for a reason, but they have their season. And then it's time to get up and go. I'm going to tell you, in my prayer time, God said, Adullam, preach on that Adullam cave. Because there are people that are going to be there tomorrow they're going to be sitting in the service, and they're there. But he said, they've got to know, I'm doing something in them. I'm changing their life. I'm changing their life. I'm showing them how to trust me. I'm showing them how to fight the good fight. Of I'm making warriors out of them. Not wimps, warriors. I've got a purpose in everything that I'm doing. Everything. I've laid in a chair on a Sunday night and said, God, we don't have the money for the rent. You have to provide it. $1,900. And I remember when I said, God, it's your responsibility, not mine. I cannot carry this. I give it to you. I preach like I'm preaching now. After that service, a man came up to me that did not go to our church and slipped a $1,900 check in my pocket. God said, I will take care of you. That's my church. And he said, he said, that is just something that is etched on your heart to remember that you learned in the cave of Adullam. What's God going to do? He said, I showed you. So when we came to go into this new building up here, thank God, I said, Lord, it's a lot of money. I'm walking on eggshells and combat boots. <laughs> I said, that's a lot of money. He said, have I ever not paid the rent? One step of faith at a time. One step of faith at a time. He said, just take it one month at a time. One month at a time. One month at a time. I'm always going to meet the need. 
Ask God. This morning, I don't know where you're at, but I know this much, that God wants you and I to, to, to embrace the, the, the cave of Dullam, and if it's time to come out of it, it's time for you to praise and come out of it. Come out of that place. He wants you in victory. We're mighty warriors. We're called, called to the kingdom for such a time as this, in this age, to talk to people about God. We must. We must. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads in prayer? Today, I thank you for this time we've had to come and to glorify you and to honor you. And Lord, to hear the word of God. And I pray this morning, Lord, as we come to this time, Lord, of the altar call, I pray that you will minister, Lord, to every person in here. This morning, Lord, Lord, that we will give ourselves totally and completely unto you, Lord. Lord, and we will embrace every part of the process, Lord, in our walk with you. This morning, Lord, I pray.